Welcome to episode 31 of God's Own Scale Podcasts, where the smaller it is, the bigger the reward. This is the one where I talk to Alan from Grumbler Miniatures. Grumbler are one of the new kids on the block in the 6mm market, and I hope you enjoy our chat and about, about his own hobby background and how he went from hobbyist to businessman. In the hobby news, the inaugural Caesar Awards were held last weekend, and I wanted to pass on my heartfelt congratulations to all of the winners. What a great show that Little Wars TV put on for the wargaming community. I'll put a link up in the show notes so you can check that video out if you haven't seen it already. Special congratulations to Alex from Storm of Steel, Pear from Roller One, all of the Lardies, Sid, Nick and Rich, and Aaron from Project Wargamer for their awards. Henry Hyde and myself put on our best loser smile when the results were announced and retreated to the bar to drown our sorrows. Peter Berry at Bacchus has announced that the Pony Wars rules are now at the printers, so hopefully all of you who pre-ordered will be receiving your copy soon. Those of you who didn't pre-order will still be able to purchase a copy from Bacchus directly, so check out their website and the social media for details of when they become available. Uh, with Bacchus opening the shopping cart, it means it's time for me to start making some lists, checking them twice, and clearing the painting station for some new recruits, but more of that in the hobby section at the end of the show. Other than that, not much news in the hobby at the moment. Uh, we're all looking forward, I'm sure, to shows returning, and the first major one that I can think of is Hammerhead at the New York Showground on the 31st of July, I'm sure it's going to be quite an emotional time for the community when the doors do reopen uh, to shows and allow us in and help us to spend our hard-earned money. Uh, But anyway, that's enough of me wittering on. Uh, You're here to listen to Alan. Let's talk about six. Mademoiselle from Welcome to episode 31 of God's Own Scale podcast, where the smaller it is, the bigger the um, the bigger the prize. I don't know if that works. I'll, I'll, I'll go with it. The smaller it is, the bigger the prize. <laughs> um, I, I love I love all the the casts that I do, but uh, casts that I do with manufacturers in the hobby and the producers of these tiny little bundles of joy um, is, is always very special to get that peek behind the curtain of the producers and and what they're thinking and how they go about uh, providing us with this joy. And I have today with me Alan from Grumbler Miniatures. Hi, Alan. How are you? Hello, Sean. Um, thank you very much for inviting me on your show. And hello to any listeners out there. If anyone's listening to me, I'll, I'll be amazed. But um, it's an absolute joy to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. As I said in the pre-ramble, I'm afraid we've lost our customer in the Democratic Republic of Congo. Um, yeah. So um, don't expect too many orders from there. But let's see <laughs> what we can do for you otherwise worldwide. Let's see if we can track down some. Yeah, worldwide, that'd be great. <laughs> yes, yeah. Um, so, Alan, uh, Grumbler Miniatures is a new 
kid on the block. Um, six mil has got fewer companies than most scales out there. And there's always room for a new one. Um, but when I first saw the first sculpts that you put up on, across Facebook and across social media, really caught my eye and i've been keen to speak to you for some time and it's taken some getting together hasn't it this interview it has we're two ships passing at night um yeah it's been um we've had a we've had to cancel on each other a couple of times but um yes i'm pleased we're finally doing this and and um and uh yeah it's uh it'd be great to have a chat yeah absolutely mate so um first of all as as i do with any new person onto the podcast i'll i'd just like to have a peek under the hood just to see what makes uh, the uh, the person tick. So, Alan, what is your humble hobby background that brought you to the point where you are now? Okay, so um, I'm uh, I'm a uh, lunatic um, who no no of course not. I well maybe I am. I don't know. My, my wife puts up with a lot, but um, yes, I um, I've always always even as a you know, a very young child always had some toy soldiers. Um, and I was born in the in the seventies, so I'm showing my age. But um, uh, always had some plastic knights or the plastic soldiers and pushed them around and you know um, played with those. So I always had that sort of thing. Um, and uh, I don't know if you remember. Remember the old knights? You had sort of silver and gold or something. They came in a little oh, plastic bag or something. Yeah, um, yeah I remember that. Great fun. Um, so I was always. Uh, having some some of those and um and one day i visited a friend um and uh and he had these little sort of well they would have been sort of lead miniatures then i suppose but um he had these pre-slotted miniatures and there was a harpy a dwarf and a an elf um and sounds they, like a bad joke that <laughs> 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 um, and, and i was I was, you know, shocked by them. Really, I was sort of, wow, these are these are great. You know, where'd you get these sort of thing? Um, and we didn't have any rules or anything. It was just a matter of looking them and and you know, being sort of well, about nine or ten now. So now, I suppose the early eighties or or nineteen eighty itself. Um, so we had sort of the Star Wars figures along with everyone else. But um, he said to me, "Well, there's a shop in Hammersmith, so you know, um, we go down there and we get them there." And I was like, "Okay, well, you know, we'll have to do this." So we trundled down to, I lived in Shepherd's Bush at the time. We trundled down to Hammersmith in uh, Dawling Road, which was the original games workshop, um, and uh, and walked in. And you couldn't see what was inside the store, although they had some lovely painted figures in the glass cabinets, um, because it was just covered in condensation when there were so many people in there. Um, and, uh, and went into the shop and just wandered around the store. And this was pre, you know, to some of, Listeners, this was pre forty k and 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 all that sort of road trader stuff, I suppose, and um and just marvelled at the figures, um the level of detail, and see these great board games, and had absolutely no idea how they were being played, um and the figures were sold back then in a um, plastic organizer trays, so you sort of asked what you want, and they were on a little tray, and it said the price, and you sort of asked for what you wanted, and a, a chap in there with um with tremendously long hair, um, passed over whatever relevant figures you wanted. My, I think my first figure cost me 15 pence. Um, it was a sort of 25 mil figure, I suppose. Um, and uh, and again, it was hooked. So every weekend, I um, walked down to, uh, to Hamsmith and, and, and purchased some 
lead miniatures um, and use some enamel paints from the Airfix sort of model kits because I don't mind a model kit either um, and really badly paint them. And luckily, I haven't got those anymore, so I've there's no sh you know I've hidden that shame. There's no trace. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No one's going to pull those out of the bag. I hope. Yeah. Um, but they were really badly painted, of course. Um, but stuck at it, you know, in my young teens, and um, I think the first board game I bought was um, obviously sorry. Um, started playing fighting fantasy books. Um, Steve Jackson and Ian Livingston, and really enjoyed that sort of element of gaming. Um, and then. I I bought my first game, which was the cardboard Blood Bowl, um, and uh, took that home. And um, me and a good gaming buddy that I still game with sat there squabbling over that, which was great fun. Um, but I, I, I miss the figures, you know, having the a physical figure in your hand compared to a little cardboard cutout wasn't wasn't enough. Um, so we we tried a couple of games. Um, we even tried sort of Necromunda and things like that, sort of skirmish stuff that Games Workshop were releasing. Um, and then I suppose, you know, teenage years, I played a lot of sports um, and uh, and I sort of went away from it. And um, I think I was in my early 20s, really. I had uh, like a, a knee injury through sport and I had to recover from it. Um, and I think, you know, my, my long-suffering wife um, was was sort of fed up with me sulking around the house and sort of hobbling around on crutches, being unable to make my own sandwiches and move into another room on two crutches. Um, and uh, and she said, you know, why don't you go out? So she she dropped me off on the car at a friend's house and I walked in to see them. And on in, in the, they were sharing a flat at the time and they'd, in their front room they'd set up an 8 by 4 board with uh, Eldar and I think it was Space Wolves on either side of the two, the two boards, and there was two young men in their twenties, both holding a rule book, shouting at each other. And I thought, "I'm, I'm in. This is for yeah. me. <laughs> this, this is what it's all about." You know, there's, yeah. there's trees, there's tanks. Some painted, some weren't painted. Um, but yeah, sort of talking through the, 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 the rule elements of each of their books and how they contradicted each other. Um, the, you know, and uh, and I was, I was amazed. I couldn't believe. You know, the, the table looked fantastic. Um, seeing actual figures on the table look really cool. Um, and I've video gamed and things like that, but it, there's something completely different to, to physically getting down and looking along the sight of, of figures at, at the opposing enemy. I think there's, there's something to be said for that. A good table is as good as, as good as the figures, I think. Um, and then obviously I started collecting my own army and, and, and got really involved in the gaming scene with at Kensington GW, Kensington High Street. So we're still in West London. Um, <clears throat> and I even played at the Grand Tournament. Um, I lost my last game. I was on table two and I lost my last game to an, a fantastic player and finished 11th at the Grand Tournament. Um, That's something. Yeah, so so basically I, I, I'm not going to put this down to tactical ability because uh, people know that um, that's not always the case. But I do roll a shocking amount of sixes. At the frustration of friends, um, it is uh, it has it, it's a common joke that I roll too many sixes. Um, I've I've met people like you before because <laughs> <laughs> I, I I am the opposite. I think it's the yin and the yang, isn't it, that keeps the balance of the universe. I am the opposite to you. <laughs> I remember um, we played an ECW game, uh, um, Heston and Elin Wargaming Group, which are a great bunch of guys. 
and uh, really helpful and sort of you know got me into the the mass battle sort of historical stuff um but they brought out an ecw rule where you had to roll one and i just moaned all the way through the game because it's like i've been training myself to roll sixes now for so long you, you've totally bamboozled me with yeah. this one what, what kind of black magic is this yeah yeah, yeah total <laughs> witchcraft total witchcraft um needless to say i had a, a, a torrid time um at um and they all had a good laugh over it but um yes yeah um but skirmish gaming uh, for me wasn't really enough um and i really wanted to venture in historical so one of my uh, gaming buddies at um kensington gw um said you know look there's other stuff out there let's try some different stuff so you know we tried hell caesar uh, bolt action um and different other games you know the skirmish games and slightly bigger games or they're all really skirmish, aren't they? Because, you know, same as 40k, really. You're only putting a platoon on the table. Um, uh, and then someone showed me, showed me Flames of War. And they were like, oh, look at this. You know, 15 mil, this is great. And, um, and, and they didn't actually get into it. But, uh, but I happily insulated my loft with uh, all the major armies uh, for Flames of War at 15 mil for World War Two, Vietnam, World War One, and moderns. Um, so, so yeah, insulated the loft. I, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of saving money. Um, that's what I, that's what I pretend to myself. Um, cause there's a lot of, figure- because the prices will go up, won't they? Eventually. Eventually. Yeah. Eventually. Yeah. And, and those figure cases are worth something, right? Please. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> it's yourself out, mate. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally. <laughs> totally into the investment side of it. And, um, and then I went to Heston Neelan Wargaming Club and met them for a friend, uh, one of the guys there. And you turn up on the night and uh, they put down a 12 by 8. Um, they provide the armies and they've all got various scales and armies, uh, beautifully painted figures. And um, and you take control of, you know, like a, a, a brigade or division or whatever game you're playing. And, um, and, and it was amazing, you know, to see so many figures on the table. Um, and one game they put on, I think there was, I, I, I mean, it was a 20, 21 foot table, 21 foot by six foot, and the whole thing was covered in 15 millimeter Napoleonics. It was an awesome sight, and I've, I've actually shared a video of it on YouTube. But, um, but yeah, and, and for me, scale, you know, isn't an issue. It's, um, I, you know, I've got six mil, 10 mil, 15 mil, 28 mil, um, and, and slightly bigger as well. Um, and historical sci-fi. I just, you know, I've, I'm like a magpie. Anything that's shiny, um, you've, you know, you've got to have it, right? A man after my own heart, to be honest. Totally. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. You know, you, you see uh, some beautifully painted figures and, it, and you're like, yeah, wow, I really need those. Even though you never plan to play, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. American Civil War or something like that, which I now have. It's a crazy hobby, isn't it? It is. It is. But it's good fun. Yeah. It's, you know, yeah. it's good yeah. fun. You meet some great people on the way as well. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, American Civil War. I've, you know, I'm about to. I've started to release the cavalry, I suppose, for the um, six mil American Civil War. But I do have ten, fifteen, and twenty eight for myself. Um, so, bit of an issue. You've got to there. cover all the scales, haven't you? No, 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 yeah. no issue. You've just got to cover the scale. Yeah, it's. Uh, yeah, maybe it's. Maybe it's. Uh, I'm trying to get some sort of camera perspective in. Um, or I, I was yeah. about to go that route for you. Thank you, thank you. Any help, any help. Um, people have got out there to 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 excuse the the piles of miniatures. Um, I should set up some sort of war gamers anonymous, shouldn't I? <laughs> 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 people, yeah, yeah. Talk about these things in in safety. <laughs> I, 
hi, I'm Alan, I've got a problem. Yeah. Um, sort of yeah. thing. Well, not a problem. I've got too many collections, most probably. But um, it's, um, we, you know, we, I think we all do it and we venture into different um, scales. So so for me, Wargaming is it's time to meet, um, have a chat, and, and, and I'm happy to play any game, really. You know, sort of, if it's something like a... Um, uh, uh, a fantasy flight game like Star Wars Armada or, or X-Wing um, where you can kind of, you know, chat through the game or, or even if it's a game that takes a couple of days, um, the, you know, the more the merrier, really. Um, and obviously over the last sort of, through this pandemic, there's been a serious lack of gaming um, for all of us. There has, yeah. It's been, ve- it's been very difficult for many, hasn't it? But um, from what I can see, the industry itself has benefited because people have begun to clear lead piles and, and needed to replenish what they've painted. So if there's anything that's come, come that could be called good out of this pandemic, I think most of the traders that I've spoken to um, are, are seeing an a increase in demand. So we'll, we'll take that. Yeah, definitely. It definitely seems to have had a boost um, through, through this pandemic. And a lot of stores have obviously been, uh, been closed and, um, to catch up on on things, so it's great to see people getting some hobby time in, um, and and those manufacturers um, supplying them with 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 some great miniatures as well. So it's been that side of it has been very positive. You're quite right. Are you still a member of the club then, or um, Heston Leland? No, I have due to work commitments and changing job. I I kind of haven't been down there for a while, and then when I changed back local closer to home. I plan to go back there, but to be honest, with um, that was you know shortly afterwards um, uh, the pandemic happened, so <coughs> I haven't been down there. But they they put on some fantastic games, and if you're if you're local to them, you should really get in touch because they really do um, they really do put spectacular games on. I'm surprised they don't do more at shows actually because the the figure miniature collections are fantastic. And that's West London, is it? Yeah, West London, Heston, and the Ealing uh, Wargamers. Uh, they've got their website and it has a regular blog on there. There's quite loads of games on there and loads of different scales, including six, including six millimeter. So, yeah, no, they're, they're a great bunch of guys. I think that's a good thing with this, with this hobby and, and, and everyone, you know, majority of people are so friendly. They're willing to give you advice and they're, and they're, they're willing to game. And, and when you go to shows, you then eventually start bumping into people you haven't seen for a while and you get talking to traders. Um, so from a grumbler miniatures point of view, um, you know, it'd be great to go to some shows like Joy of Six and things like that. It'd be, you know, a really good um, uh, stage, really, to show show your products and yeah. talk to your customers. Yeah, absolutely. And I think since setting the podcast up, one of the things I've I've noticed, and I, I think I realised this already from years and years of going to shows, is that um, you can have two war gamers from complete opposite ends of the social spectrum or no nothing else in common job-wise or interests outside of wargaming. But if you've got wargaming in common, then, you know, the, the leash is off because you could speak for hours and hours and hours about this this wonderful hobby that we're in because it's such a multifaceted hobby, isn't it? It's not just figures. It's not just playing. It's not just painting. It's not just collecting. No, you're there's, right. You know, it's, there's a dozen hobbies rolled up into one. That, it is, um, it's fantastic. And, and, and the amount of reading you do as well, um, yeah. you know, to, to look into, you know, historical battles or to look into certain units 
and you you know before you know it you sort of you become a a, a, a Wikipedia of knowledge on a on a mm-hmm. random battalion um, that, that you know, someone will eventually ask a question on you can um, save them all the time and answer all their questions um, but, and, and all of us have these you know these wonderful bits of knowledge um, it's just and, about sharing and the good, and yeah exactly and the good thing about that is that if you find a fellow wargamer to talk to they'll actually be interested in what you know <laughs> yeah, yeah. whereas my wife yeah. her eyes would glaze over yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah totally um, yeah, yeah you have a captive audience almost yeah yeah yeah, and you sort of paint a new regiment. And I say to my wife, "Oh, look, you know, I've just painted, uh, for instance, you know, a Brunswick regiment." I say, "I painted these," and you know, she she just looks at me and says, yeah, "That's great, that's great, you know, yeah. good for you." But you, you know what the look of <laughs> I couldn't care less looks like. Yeah, yeah. you're in the way of the television. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, long suffering. But um, they uh, they definitely support us, or else they they wouldn't they wouldn't put up with it. No, absolutely, and I don't absolutely mean to disparage any of the uh, <laughs> uh, the female uh, members of our lives because they do put up with us yeah. and uh, support us through this wonderful lobby. And if only they participate more. Oh, that'd be great, wouldn't it? That that would be great. And I think my wife's staring at me through the door. Just bear with me. To okay. <laughs> Sorry, no problem. Who's here? Is she going to be all right? Okay. Okay, so, sorry about that, mate. My wife and daughter have just arrived back from uh, a sporting thing. No problem. As long as you're okay to continue, I don't want to interrupt you. No, 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 absolutely not. No, no. Uh, she was just peering round the door at me a bit uh, as I'm talking about women in the hobby. Yeah, right, okay. <laughs> You've been rumbled. I've been rumbled, yeah. Oh, God. Wouldn't be the first time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what's. What would you say your main periods of interest are, or main genres, if you like? Because it sounds like you enjoy the the fantasy and science fiction side as well. Um, I think so. As I said, I like them all, but I think the historical side is is definitely um, a, a favourite of mine. Yeah. Um, and Napoleonics is, you know, so I went. I think Sharp had most probably come onto TV, or they were talking about. I can't remember. And I was going on a holiday to. Um, Corfu, and this was about thirty years ago, and um, and you know I picked up a book at the um, shop, and I, t- I sort of didn't read it on the on the plane, and then the first evening I think it was, you know, opened up the book and started reading it, and was absolutely, and it was uh, Bernard Cornwall's Sharp's Eagle. So uh, I've literally know. just read that. Oh. In fact, in, in the last po- podcast, I, I confess that I've finally read a Sharp novel. I've read everything else by Cornwall, but for some reason never read yeah. uh, the Sharp novels. But I've literally just finished uh, Sharp's Eagle. And what did, what did you think of it? I loved it. I'm hooked. I'm hooked. Yeah. I'm, I'm on to the next one now. Yeah, so, so. so that was the first one. I bought Sharp's Eagle, and it, and it, and it talks through the... You know the the the, mo- the movement and the, and forming square and not forming square quick enough and then the you know a square breaking another square um, and just the desperate struggle to fight for the standard and 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 I was absolutely mesmerised by it um, and uh, and it just stuck in my head and I was like what well, you know this has to be this has to be played on on a, on a table you know on a you know get huge armies and play this um, but I was really I, up until then I kind of. You know, I'd watched a few films, maybe Waterloo, and didn't really take in the the, the rock paper scissor element of Napoleonics, and that's when I realised, um, and kept looking at it, kept looking at it, and listened to the 
and they're really hard to paint comments on forums and things like that. And then, you know, I one day bit the bullet and went over to the chaps at uh, Timecast um, and said, uh, you know, I need to, I need uh, Peninsula Army, please. Um, and they kindly furnished me with 15 packs of uh, Old Glory, uh, 15 millimeter, and I went away and painted them at a furious speed. Um, and uh, and then went back and got some French as well, and 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 you know played some played some great games with them. And I still got those figures as well. But um, yeah, Sharp's Eagle just got me into Napoleonics and the, the 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 formation changes and the intricacies of of that, as opposed to you know I don't know modern warfare or something, which still has its its challenges. But it just it's not as um, I don't know. It's just visually different. There's a spectacle, isn't there, about Napoleonics with not just the the tactics of the um, the regiments and whether what formation you're in or whatever, uh, but the the uniforms and the the attraction of the the exotic, more exotic units like the various units of the Imperial Guard or the 95th Rifles or you know even even some of the British Line units that you want to represent that have, uh, you've read about in the in the history books. So. Uh, so Napoleonics was uh, a big pull for you then? Yeah, definitely. I've you know, done sci-fi, skirmish, and World War II. I mean, World War II I love as well. Um, uh, I've got that in sort of two scales as well. But um, but Napoleonics is it's just it's just so vibrant on the table. There's so much colour to the units. And, um, and you know, you start looking at Hussar uniforms and you think, surely... Surely this is a night out, you know. In, in the, it's not. It's not for. It's not for fighting in. Surely, but um. But yeah, they. they you know, those guys really went for it, and um, and and just the spectacle is amazing. Spectacle is yeah. amazing. I've always thought Austrian hussars, Pip, French hussars, but that's just a personal thing for me. In the in the you know in the dress sense. Yeah, I yeah, but <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. Just always had a, a soft spot for them for yeah. some reason. Um. So. At some point then, um, you've made a decision to dive into the production of figures. Yeah. How did that come about? Um, <clears throat> so after our tactical conversations in, uh, in, the, in a pub after gaming, um, you remember public houses, I suppose. You're Va- vaguely, vaguely right, yeah. Um, I think, yeah, I've read about them somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, we'd go in there and we'd sort of talk and chat and, and I'd come up with some wacky ideas, and one was figure cases. Um, you know, let's let's uh, let's venture into making figure cases. You know, we can do this, we can do that. Blah, blah, blah. Um, and my friends just sort of looked at me as if I was, you know, mad. Um, and then I think maybe a year later, Figures in Comfort came out, um, which was you know they'd done a big carry case, much bigger than anything Games Workshop done. And um, and I've had a few of these ideas. I really wanted to do some. Um, plastics, um, plastic sort of troops that were quite universal. You know, some 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 regions you can you can sort of change the arms and change the period sort of thing. Um, and I wanted to do that, and so I ventured and had a look at you know plastic molding and and the astronomical price um, it comes with. And even worse than that was there's so few people doing it that the the timescale to wait to get onto the on you know onto the work stream. Uh, it was at least a couple of years. Um, yeah, and it's you know it's a lot of money to get tooling done. So um, so I kept looking, I kept looking, and then um, and I don't want to turn this to like an X Factor advert, but 
Um, this time last year, I had COVID. I got COVID quite early. I had a fever for 13 days. Um, and, um, and I just thought, you know what, you, you know, when you get better, um, you've got to give this a go. You've got to stop talking about it and thinking about it and having your own miniature range and it'll be great. And, 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 you know, sort of talking to people about your stuff and designing things you wanted, um, and putting them together the way you wanted and things like that. Um, just give it a go. Um, and, uh, and I think it was about July of last year. Um, couple of things just fell into place so i was looking i thought I'd, i know what i'll do i'll start an online retail store and i'll sell war games that way and sell the paints and just slowly build um, the business so i started to look at that and i um i spotted some fantastic looking highlanders um from napoleonic highlanders and i was like this is exactly what i want um and i i i have some six mil i've painted six mil from various manufacturers um, and I thought that, you know, they, these, these look really good. Um, so I contacted, uh, the, the sculptor, um, had a conversation with him and, uh, and bit the bullet and just bought them. Um, and I thought, I know what I do as I'll, I'll get contract casting done. Um, <clears throat> however, when you, <laughs> when you call contract casters and say, I want to contract cast six millimeter, they, they shy away and get called away by, uh, random people, their mobile phone rings, and 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 they're not overly interested. I have to admit, and that's I don't want to cost you know any negativity on anyone, but I think is it, as I found out, six millimeter is hard to cast uh, in metal. It's um, you know a, a bulky twenty eight millimeter or fifteen millimeter figure is a lot easier than casting six millimeter figures. I didn't know that, um, and uh, so I got my you know I knew my masters were coming, and at the same time as this was happening. A casting machine appeared on a um, on eBay. Right, it sounds like the stars are aligning. It was. It, this is this is you're, this is exactly what happened. So, so I've got the masters. This is great, and we're talking about future stuff. And then this uh, casting machine appeared on eBay. So, being the tactician I am, I uh, said to the wife, "Let's have a trip by the seaside." And so we drove down there for the day, and then on the way back, I took a ridiculously long detour. And picked up a casting machine, a melting pot, and uh, and another device that I really didn't need, um, and potentially should have drove off and left with the person. <laughs> it was what a, was it? It was a vacuum pump, but it must have weighed, I, I don't know, sixty kilos or something like. It was an enormous l hunk of metal, and yeah. really, really big. And I had no, you know, there's no way I was going to use it. I didn't want to cast resin. So I got back, um, and it's like, right now, all I need to do is mold, you know, let's, let's cook some molds, you know, this, this can't be that hard, right? So, um, so, uh, I, I bought some equipment to cast molds, got some molds and had a practice. And the first one, it worked. Um, and then, you know, you've got to cut all the vents. Um, and I have to admit, I won't show pictures of it because it looks like Wolverine's gone mad on it. Um, there's, <laughs> There's so many um, uh, venting and, and the, the air vents, are, you know, the channels and the air vents terrible on it. It is really bad. But I did manage to get it to work. So um, so great. And I talked to some great people on different forums. Uh, got some help from um, some other manufacturers as well, just talking to them about the process. So from then till now, um, I've had to um, learn, I suppose, how to mold, cook molds, how to um, uh, cut them. Um, and then how to cast them. 
Um, and to be honest, uh, most of it is self-taught, right. which has been no mean feat. I have to admit, it's been it's been tricky and frustrating. And I've, some people have, you know, I've, I've got some a couple of guys that will talk to me over the phone and and help me through some things. But it's it's been a a fantastic learning curve. Yeah. Um, it would have been easier to to go to a workshop <laughs> and see a professional do it. <laughs> yeah, that would have been easier. But yeah, um, COVID, though, COVID, exactly. I'm, yeah. I'm going to play the COVID card and um, yes, and uh, being over enthusiastic, I uh, where fools rush in, sort of, and all those things. I, I just got stuck in, really. Um, and I made errors, um, and I had successes. Um, you know, you you when you're molding figures, um, an error you don't spot on a master will 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 show in a metal figure, um, which means that you know that that mold is now pretty much useless and you need to start again um and so you know there's been great communication between me and the sculptor um to work on you know sort of different things like bayonet strength um you know what what works what doesn't work how we want that arm to look um and he's been really helpful and and the fit you know the, the communication between us has been really good and, we, and i think we both sort of moved along um so getting back i suppose back onto the um the so i bought some highlanders and i said but you know we can't stop there we've got to keep going um and i need at least two armies um and the conversation then led to well, what do you get next so um i thought well let's do let's do the old guard let's let's really you know it was either that or the rifles so yeah. let's do the old guard um the old guard arrived um they were fantastic and i initially sent my the first batches of masters off to be um to, to be done by a, a, a contract caster who'd done a great job of doing the master molds um, but i was encouraged by another person that you know your your attempts are coming out quite well you should you know start doing it yourself really um and then eventually i moved on to doing the masters myself um so then we're getting i suppose this is sort of september october time now and and, and the you know, the figures would the master master figures were coming in. You know, at a steady pace. So I then had British and and French sort of infantry arriving, um, and some of these I still need to release um, because I, you know I do have a full time job as well, and I worked through COVID. Apart from when I was ill, obviously, but I did work. I was a key worker um, for transport, so I I, I continued working. Um, so I do this in the evenings and and at the weekends, um, and. Uh, then I needed to come up with a name, so um, I was trying to think about it, um, and uh, we talked through different names with sort of family members, and um, Le Grognard, um, or that's my terrible French French pronunciation of the nickname for the old guard, um, which obviously translates to the the Grumblers, uh, which I think they were the only regiment that were allowed to put complaints forward. Um, right. And, oh, I didn't uh, know that. I didn't know that. Apparently, yeah. apparently, yeah. The the old guard were um had the they were allowed to actually um complain about their conditions and things like that. Um, and uh, and there's various other reasons for why they were called the Grumblers, but um, and I I just thought the name was great, so I I I played around with the name a bit, come up with the name, and then I wanted a logo done. Um, I looked around for a logo, looked around for someone to do it, and I just got. Again, the over enthusiastic. I made the logo myself in the end. Um, the 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 bearskin with the moustache, 
That's pretty impressive. I'm looking at it now. It's pretty impressive, I have to say, especially to get the cord with the um, your, your website address. Yeah, yeah, it's quite it's quite subtle, and you know when I when I send the product, I I I try to put that sticker on. I don't think you'd see it on the sticker, but in the logo, I just thought it was a, a nice touch, really. Yeah, really. Um, so yeah, created the logo, created the name, and oh, I had help and people sort of pointing and sort of what about this, what about that, family members. Um, so then we now we got a logo, and um, so now I need to 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 make a store really. So then I had to learn how to open a store um and uh and i think that was one of the most frustrating things me and technology don't mix okay we've got something in common there. <laughs> <laughs> i really struggled um with yeah. with ip addresses and copying them over and things like that but um so i created the store and then i announced the store in in the facebook group and forgot to put the link of the store um error 101 um, and that was highlighted immediately um so all gamers are good at that yeah yeah yeah, totally yeah. totally that, that was highlighted immediately so uh, yeah. and fair play to them so I, I amended that and then from then till now it's just been it's it's just been a mad race sean just to get stuff released um and uh, and the good news is i've got loads of stuff to release absolutely loads of stuff and i i sent you some stuff but um i'm very close to having production molds now for um Carassier, um so french Carassier, uh uh the uh, chasseur guard dragoons hussars uh the british i've got scots greys um guard uh, like um household cavalry um hussars and uh and light light cavalry uh all for 1815 and then secretly and this will be announced now I have um, cavalry for the Prussians and Austrians, including, I believe I have the Austrian hussars as well. Fabulous. I, lo I love an exclusive on the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's, <laughs> honestly, I've, and I've got the British rifles, and I still need to release the Highlanders um, and the Trilly and Jaegers for the, for the Prussians, and the Austrians are almost ready for release as well. I'm, uh, I'm just scrolling up and down your website now, and... I think one of the there's two things that have, have caught my eye um, that I don't think I've seen before. One is um, the French line skirmishers with four separate poses on the strip. Um, so normally it'd be two poses. I say normally, um, you know, the, at, at the most two poses on a strip, but you've got four poses there, which is great. Um, and the... On the American Civil War cavalry, you've got a, a, a guy whose horse is rearing up, and that is just a beautiful figure. And that's one of the ones that you sent me, and it was the first one I painted up, and he's got, he's gone straight onto a command base for my Ultra Freedom uh, armies. Um, and I need a bit more cavalry uh, for some of the other Ultra Freedom scenarios, so I'm certainly going to be heading your way for those because that they are they are lovely crisp sculpts um and and any anybody is used to the modern six mil figure uh as in the modern sculpted six mil figure they they, they match up to uh the modern figures out there and um yes i'm, I'm very impressed and uh, funnily enough i've i've uh i've been toying with a 
Waterloo setup using the Blucher rules. Oh, yeah. Um, for, uh, previous guests on the show, Alex Sotheran from uh, Storm of Steel, did uh, uh, Waterloo um, uh, and did a video of it playing Blucher. And I, I really, really fancy it. And I can fing- feel my fingers twitching. But before <laughs> I go and uh, lose my house, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and spend too much, let's just rewind a little bit. Because you, you said you're in the in the pub and you're, you're mulling over a few ideas and thinking about figure cases and then an online store. So you, have you had this ambition for a while then to sort of have some sort of business interest within the hobby? Yeah, definitely. I, I, I thought about opening my own business a couple of times um, and it's picking the right sort of the right business and area to be in. I'd worked in retail, as I said, I work in transport now, but I'd worked in retail for quite some time. Um, but I really wanted it to do it in, in, you know, to do with wargaming, which is, which is my passion. You know, there's um, that, that's what I like to do. Um, and I, I wanted to do miniature release. Um, and because I was at that 28 mil, sort of scale um at the time um plastics were obviously you know the 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 in thing um and a lot of infantry was being released by perry and people like that um in plastic um and i've looked at some youtube videos you know i suppose most of us have looked at youtube videos of metal casting and thought actually you know sort of are just visions of uh you know sort of turning up for the day putting the radio on, having a laugh and a joke at work and, and casting some fantastic miniatures uh, for, for hopefully very happy cu- customers. Um, and uh, and that's still what I want to do. Um, and then, you know, sort of when this opportunity came up and the stars aligned, then uh, then I thought, right, now it's now or never, really. Um, instead of talking about it, actually, you know, get get it done. Um, and, and it's been really, really enjoyable. I mean, it can be frustrating. You know, when that one miniature or bayonet won't cast, and no matter how much venting you put in and things like that, um, or, or the machine you're using is not as as as, as up to date as other people's, um, it's just it's fantastic because you're creating something. You know, it's you know, it's I, I, some people may have enjoyed their maths lesson or their English lesson. You know, I preferred I preferred woodwork and metalwork. Um, so you know, I think there's nothing better than creating something with your hands and. And having people enjoy that that product at the end of it, um, yeah. so it, you know to get to get feedback from you there on the on the cavalry and how pleased you are is fantastic. Really, it makes it all worth it, you know. Um, and something we'd always talked about, or sort of you know, with the sculptors, only recently. I mean, the store's been open just under five months. Um, talking with the sculptor, it was let's 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 make as many figures as we can. So the French was over 20 sculpts um in different poses and things like that and then i added some myself um and then um some modic- modifications myself um and the cavalry i mean the acw cavalry is five different horses or five different poses at least um the napoleonic might be slightly less it might only be four but it was always something i wanted to do and and having the opportunity now is is fantastic it really is a, a kind of a, a small achievement. Yeah, and I guess that starting this up over the COVID period has probably, well, it sounds like it's been 
a bonus, but also a little bit of a drawback in that you're not able to get out to the shows and, and show this stuff off. But it has given you the time to build up this catalogue because it's not something you do overnight, is it? No, no, you're quite right. And, and you know, sort of, you know, you, you finish work on a Friday, you go out and on the weekend you go, you, you might go to see a, a show or, or, you know, go and see friends. And there, there hasn't been any of that, has there? So, you know, a lot of lead piles have been painted and, um, and a lot of uh, um, additional figures have been added to it. Um, so it has given me time to, to, to focus on that. But as we come out of lockdown, um, the, that, that, that time has dwindled, um, dwindled away a bit. I'm getting busier at work, which means I've got less time to sit there sort of um, tinkering with uh, green stuff or, or, um, or spending, you know, sort of extra time um, working on the moulds or, or casting. So, um, but it's, it, it, there's, there's very few negatives. It's been fantastic. It's been really, really good to, to sort of get out there and, and learn completely new skills um, and, uh, and have people have positive comments as well. Um, and I don't mind a few, pardon the pun, but I don't mind a few grumbles. You know, if someone's not happy with what they've got, then talk to me. You know, to just come and talk to me because um, that's, you know, I'll just get it resolved. Um, if there's, you know, anything wrong, then great. You know, let's just get it sorted. Um, yeah, it's it's far better, isn't it? And uh, I mean, I'm as I say, I'm looking at these pictures now and these are crisp, clean castings where... You can see shako cords and you can see cross belts. Um, but I, I'm no expert. But if you've got a, a Napoleonic expert who, who might just give you a suggestion as opposed to criticism, then it can only make the product stronger, can't it? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, totally. So, so I've had people, um, so uh, I've had people say to me, oh, you know, that, 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 that house, the, the, those trousers are wrong or, or they didn't wear those those sort of um, leggings and it's like great you know that's not a problem let's work on that and let's get it resolved um and that's why i'm saying I've, I've been doing you know i've done some conversion work in the past but i've been making a few changes here and there and adding bits to them um but variety was key really i mean it we didn't um so if you look at the when the acw stands are released there'll be two different poses um so one's got a beard and one hasn't got a beard um they're slightly different um on the strip um, so those people who, who like to paint their six millimeter on a, on a yardstick or something may get a bit frustrated with me, but, um, but it just gives you that bit of variety really amongst the range. Um, um, and the British is the, the British, when I release them are the same, I think the, the rifles is at least eight poses. Um, and the British skirmishers, I think there's four to five poses. Um, and the, the old guard, um, <clears throat> And it, and and the six millimeter figures, so you know, so you're taking a picture and you're really zooming in, um, which is which is interesting when you paint them. <laughs> so you sort of paint them and then you zoom in. You think oh, I've missed all of that. I need to. <laughs> I'm not ready for this photo now, and I've got to go back and 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 tidy that up, sort of thing. And 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 of course, there's always the basing question. You know, how do yeah. people base them? Do you put them into three ranks, two ranks? Do you want them this wide, that small? Um, uh, so I, I've tried to create a variety of pack size as well. So you can go from, you know, the, the 24 man battalion <clears throat> up to 48 man battalion. Um, and you know, if someone wants to be bigger than just, or smaller than just email me. Um, but I've allowed people to buy them in strips as well. Yes. I've noticed that just single strips, which, which is great for the people who've, who, uh, perhaps don't follow the normal course of 
six mil basing because I think um, although I had uh, John Bleasdale on the podcast a couple of episodes ago who perhaps war games in six mil in the more traditional sense where you've got figure uh, ratios of, of one to twenty and thirty six figure battalions. Um, certainly the route I go, and I know it seems to be the almost the industry standard where people unit base. So whether that's for Bluka, where they've, they've got a brigade on a base with two or three uh, battalions or, or on the 60 by 30s. But, um, certainly you talk about the painting and, you know, the godfather of, of six mil, Peter Berry, he would always say, paint the unit, not the man. <laughs> and if you can't see it from three feet away, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> and that's always been my, my feeling, but I always feel a little bit guilty if a sculptor has managed to get a monocle or has managed to uh, sculpt the cords on the front of these shakos that I'm looking at now, then I should at least have a go at painting them rather than, uh, you know, just ignore them. But they they are truly, truly lovely. Uh, uh, no, they are incredible. It's, it's great to have uh, new, uh, a new company on the market to uh, uh, for people to look at. And I'm sure um, fans of uh, Waterloo are, are going to absolutely lap these up. Just going back in the um, in the production process, then I, I'm not I'm not unfamiliar with how the production works uh, from a 15 mil uh, figure perspective. Um, so if a casting comes out wrong and you've got the the lead figure in front or the metal figure in front of you, and that's wrong, you can just throw that back in the pot, can't you? But when you're talking about the mold itself, if if something is wrong there, is that just does, is that ruining the mold and you need to start again completely? Yeah, I think, so let's say um, you you didn't spot. So so you get a master figure, you'll then make a master mold and then you'll produce as many of those master figures now in metal to make production molds. So let's say we want everyone, you know, uh, a guy with his, with his um, bayonet raised above his head or, or, or at Porte or something like that, then... You might want a whole mold of the same figures. Well, if you did spot a tiny defect, a miscast in one of those or two of those guys or, or potentially in the Metal Master, um, by the time you get to your production mold and then spin it and then sort of take, pull the figure out, you know, his he's, uh, ankle may be too weak. Um, there's not really a great deal you can do about that because um, if you start cutting away at the mold, um, you, you'll potentially lose detail or end up with an odd shape. Um, in, in that area so yeah it can be and i'm new to this so you know people more there's more learned people out there who could who, you know if they've got advice for me then i'm more than happy to accept it but there has been molds that i've had to just um just put the knife through and start again um and 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 it's 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 a time consuming thing but i think it's the right thing to do because if i send figures out that um a def defective or something like that um, that's not great for the customer um, and the war gamers um, and six mil is quite a fragile scale as well so um, and, you know there's there, a, a 15 millimeter manufacturer who does great gaming figures um, they're quite you know really robust and they and they do it really well um, and that's a little bit harder to do with you know six millimeter size figure and the, and the flagpole so some of the flagpoles have to be thicker and 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 these are part of the learning curves that I've I've had to learn on, you know, as I went through this process. 
yeah, from my experience of as a consumer of products, it's either weak ankles or weak flagpoles that um, can be the bane of <laughs> of the six mil modeler. But so how? I take it that really sets you back, then, does it? If if one of these molds goes wrong, what what's your what time turnaround you have on getting one of those molds into production? Um, so here's another exclusive for you, but they're not they're not ready for release yet, um, and I'm not sure. I'm, I may look at a Kickstarter, but I have a um, Zulu Ward range, oh um, and I have be still my beating heart. <laughs> <laughs> I, I couldn't resist. There's certain yeah. films that come on TV that you just sit down and and just say, right, we're not <laughs> we're not decorating anymore. I've got to watch. I've got to watch Michael Caine. So um, I received those. Uh, I think it was on whatever day, um, and then on my next day off, I I cooked a mold, and by the end of that day, I was casting it in metal. Right. Um, so the turnaround of those was very quick. Now I need to create the strips to them take it to the next level but in the meantime there's just constant exciting stuff arriving um yeah. you know i've really sort of set set the challenge with the caster um and as the british cavalry arrived um the the french cavalry arrived and uh you know I, i've done the the cooks the the, the zulu war uh, metals the, the you know to get the metal masters to see what they look like I then started to work on the French and, and the Austrian and Prussian cavalry arrived. And then I, I've had to just put them, I did, I've cooked the metal masters because with the Austrian and Prussians was, um, was Napoleon himself. So there's a mounted Napoleon, um, Murat, Ney, uh, Salt, uh, Salt, um, and, and some, uh, an aide de camp and a couple of, um, g- uh, generals, uh, sort of standing as well. So it was a selection of command figures that I've, shared on facebook and um and i want to do some sort of pack with those um and i've also got the seated napoleon uh borodino where he's sitting there with his foot on the drum that i've oh, been uh, strategically sending out to uh to certain customers um and ne- nearly every order that leaves uh grumbler miniatures has a sample with it um i don't think i've ever sent out a pack that didn't have a sample of something else in um, so the, the customers, there's a couple of customers who ordered recently who will receive, um, a cuirassier in the, in a bag, um, just to let them know what's coming really. And just try to, you know, bang that drum and, and let people know who we are and, and, you know, who I am and, and what I'm trying to do. Well, what, what a fantastic way of, of getting the word out there that, um, people order a certain pack and then get something else as a little surprise and it'll just give them that. That spark of an idea, I think. Oh yes, <laughs> I might need some of these as well. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it's um, it, it, you know, it's um, and and there's nothing better than seeing miniatures in your hand. You know, I mean, you know, we've all talked about this, but um, years ago, you'd you'd look at a catalogue and you'd get to the World War Two SD KFZs and and you just your jaw dropped and you didn't know which one to buy and you end up walking away in confusion. Yes. Um, and so, you know, every product should have a picture. Um, and I'm, I'm guilty of that. It's been slow sometimes to get pictures on there. Um, and I need to replace nearly all the pictures that are on the website because I'm now doing an undercoated version. I don't like the, the bare metal look. Mm. Um, I don't think it allows the detail to jump off enough. Um, so I will keep updating the pictures, but it's, it, all of this takes time. You know, the, the, 
you do something. I, I tinkered with the website and it lost all the connections to products for, for a couple of days. And it wasn't until someone told me, I was like, oh. and then I had to go back in and change it. So, um, so I'm learning all of this stuff at the same time. Um, I'm going slightly grayer, but, um, <laughs> but I'm enjoying it. It's good fun. Well, there, there's a, a question actually, because quite often you hear nightmare stories where people turn their hobbies into a business mm. and it, it ruins the hobby for them. Yeah. Um, and I, I know you're relatively young still in the in the business sense, mm. but how, how have you found that being able to balance your hobby time with business time and oh, the frustrations mean, that the business has brought for you? So, so I, I suppose I haven't thrown a, a dice for for over a year. Um, I've managed to um, to undercoat and and put some some paint on a few bits and bobs that I've been looking at, um, and then attempt to paint some of my own stuff as well. Um, so my hobby time really for me involves me insulating the loft more um, because I've decided to to top up some projects that weren't finished even though at the moment I have absolutely no time to finish them um, but uh, so it does eat into my hobby time but I fight on and I, I, I believe that there'll be a game and and I, I'm kind of a deadline painter as well so if I know there's a game coming then then I will suffer no sleep to get that army painted um and i and you know just keep going but it, it definitely hampers your it hampers your hobby time sean i'd be lying if i say it didn't so yeah it, it does eat into your hobby time but the, but the you know there's you you think okay right i've got things in in hand now i'll cook some molds and then um and then you know sort of the weekend comes and 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 someone places an order so you, you get their order packed and shipped um, and then you get back on the mould, and 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 life still goes on. So you know the dog's still got to go for a walk, take, be taken for a walk. Um, me and the wife still talk about a holiday that we're going to book and things like that, and um, and, and see the kids. So um, so yeah, it's uh, it's a juggling act, but I'm trying my best. Yeah, and I can hear the passion in your voice for for the project. So you know, I've got every confidence that. Uh, it's it's going to go on uh, from success to success. I hope so. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so the sculpting side of things, then that's a, a third party. So you don't sculpt yourself. Is it the same sculptor across all the ranges? It is. Yeah, same sculptor across all the ranges. Um, he's um, he's done various periods. So American Civil War, the Zulu War, and Napoleonics. Um, we have talked about some other some other stuff as well. Um, so that's an ongoing process. Um, I may potentially look at, uh, I'm just open to ideas really. So some customers have sent through some ideas um, um, and I want to look into some of those as well because I think some of them are, are, are really good um, and they'll help the individual gamer with separate games, um, sort of tokens and you know things like that. So there's other things I want to look at. Um, I haven't ventured in, ventured into 3D sculpting or anything like that yet, but uh, I'm not saying it won't happen. It depends on if the period's right and the timing's right. Then, um, then you know, I would definitely look at it. Yeah, it's uh, 3D sculpting is a, a, a very interesting thing at the moment, isn't it? There's a lot of attention within the hobby uh, towards what 3D sculpting can produce now and and where it might be in five years' time. 
But I, I think as a grognard myself, hmm. no pun intended, yeah, yeah. Um, there's, there's nothing like having the, the actual metal figures in front of you. I, I can't imagine setting up a 3D printing system in my house and waiting for it to uh, zap out uh, these resin figures. Uh, I know Aaron from Project Wargaming, he's, he's almost self-sufficient with his Wargaming and his 3D printing, but some, there's something tactile about getting, for example, the, the, the package you sent through to me very much reminded my, me of the early days where I'm unwrapping the, that sort of tissue paper that you've got. Yeah. Pay, you know, and what's, what's underneath the next layer. Yeah. The, the, that excitement. That yeah, you yeah, get totally. That I first got when I, you know, I was in my teenage years mm. and, and first getting these figures. So. I'm really um, pleased. Yeah, I certainly think for my generation, anyway, I'd, I'll be, uh, I, I, I doubt I'll be swayed, uh, by anything I've seen yet. Um, and certainly whilst there's people like yourself who are innovating in the hobby, uh, and in the six mil scale, um, you've, you know, you've got marching French and you've got at attention French at the moment, haven't you? So that's something that again, I haven't seen before. And also, uh, the dismounted dragoons. Um, it, it's not something I've seen before. So there's definitely um, things in your range that I haven't seen anywhere else, uh, which is is really interesting. No, you know I'm really pleased you, you highlighted that because when 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 I want to release a range, I, I I want everything. Um, you know I want to do it all, but um, but there's time constraints and there and there, and you know. It takes time to to do the figures of that quality, and then you know get them to me, and then for me to produce them. But um, I don't think. I mean, I've got. I could do a mixed strip, you know, if people thought it was good, and we could, you know, we could have six millimeter figures looking like the front of a Perry box. Um, the yeah. Perry, you know, so we can have great coat, we can have campaign, we can have line dress, um, you know, we can do all of that stuff. You know, I don't. I've got the figures to do it. Um, but uh, you know, it's it's if there's a demand for it. I mean, the dragoons was was just a. I mean, we all know that they fought in a regiment because didn't have enough horses for a while there, and it, it just seemed like a good idea. So great, let's do it. You know, let's let's get some dragoons in, and uh, and these little little bits in between this. You know, let's just try and do something different and get a load of variety in there, and 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 let people enjoy it. And and they do, they are that sort of. As what do, I believe you called it, modern sort of six millimeter. Um, they kind of match in with with the other companies um, and customers. Will you know? It, it it's it's up to the customer really. I mean, the old guard were taller supposedly than than other units. Um, so you know, I've got a customer who, who has a smaller range of figures and he, and he uses my old guard. Um, and you know, sort of hopefully he'll, he'll have a look at my cavalry when they're released. So it's up to the customer really and, and it's where they want where they want sort of grumbler to go you know if 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 they want more poses and i mean all the generals we're going to release or i'm going to release are all different um all those french you know um i just i just want it to really jump out the off the off the screen and 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 let the customers really enjoy enjoy the figures when they put them on the table really um and that's what it's all about yeah absolutely and I'm a huge fan of Bacchus. I'm a huge fan of Adler, um, and Heroics of Ross and Irregular, actually. And there's, I think there's room for everybody, isn't there? 
yeah. out there. So each, each company provides something slightly different. And I might use Bacchus for one period. I might use a regular for a different period or, you know, Grumbler for my Waterloo <laughs> game down the road. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, so I, I am ecstatic that there's a new company on the market. Um, and I know that I know that the other companies will feel the same because what it does is bring more people into the scale. Uh, they, they'll see a new company on the market, and hopefully, once shows are back on the road and you're getting out there and, and meeting and greeting people and getting to shows like the Joe Six, where you can have this huge shop window mm. um, for the customers, then people will be more and more drawn into the scale because there's more variety out there. Definitely. And you'll have people who will prefer uh, Heroics and Ross Napoleonics. Yes. And you'll have people who prefer yours. But what it does is bring it just exposes the, the six mil scale as a more viable uh, product, I think, because we are inundated, aren't we, with 28 mil plastic figures. Uh, the, the hobby press seems to be consumed by uh, the latest plastic set that comes out from Perry's or Vitrix or Warlord. But getting the word out there for companies like yourself, it can, this can only be good. And th that's what the podcast is about, to be honest, to spread the word and, and, and get more people interested in the joys of six mil gaming, because there's benefits to six mil gaming, uh, just as there are, you know, there's huge supporters of 28 mils, but I can just picture a sort of 12 foot by six table filled with your figures, uh, recreating Waterloo and, uh, I'm salivating. Yeah. And I really yeah. am salivating at the thought. And as the producer of it, that must be something that you look forward to seeing in the future at shows where people have got your figures on the table and they're playing these big battles. Yeah. It's, and for me, if you, because I, I want to see the spectacle as I go down in scale, I like the unit to get bigger. Um, but yeah. obviously, you know, for everyone, there's a cost and there's, there's a time constraint. Um, and there's the rules and, and the opposing armies. You know, if your friend bases their army that way, then, you know, you're going to base to match them. It makes perfect sense. Um, and I really wanted to get these large battalions done, a big sort of thin red line and, and, and columns marching towards them. And I really want to get that on the table. Um, and then, you know, sort of, and, and, and I line them up to start painting them. And then, and then cavalry arrive and you just think, wow, you know, these, these are going to be beautiful. Uh, the, the horse sculpts are fantastic. They're dynamic. Um, the riders look great. You can see all the equipment clearly, and and and, and I, I want to put paint on them. Which you know, if I, I think there's there's nothing more that you can want really as a as a producer of figures. If I want to paint them and put them on the table, then I can only hope customers will as well. Yeah, there's there's truth in that. I think when you get a figure through the post that you think I'm painting that now. Because mm. I really want to get some paint on it, yeah. and it doesn't matter about the cupboard full or loft full yeah, yeah. of figures. You know, I, my loft is fairly well insulated as well. Good stuff. Uh, Good stuff. <laughs> not with that fibre stuff, but <laughs> yes. with boxes, and boxes <laughs> with the real stuff. <laughs> with the real stuff, mate. Yeah, the real loft insulation. Totally. Um, yeah, if if it means that I leave whatever projects on my desk, and I want to get those figures onto my painting table, you know, that's a, that's a huge. Um, uh, slap on the back for the uh, the producer and the sculptor. So um, yeah, I'm absolutely more proud to your elbow. So uh, we, you've you've told me about um, 
the 100 days figures. You've got a civil war range with cavalry at the moment, I assume. You might be expanding out into infantry and artillery for that. Yeah, I've got the, the I, I've got the infantry. Um, I have uh, some, um, we've got some slouch hats and some kepis. Um, there's two different sort of march attack bows um, and the standards and the, the officers and the drummers. I've got all of those. Um, and the strips are almost ready, really. And they'll just appear on the website. Um, I'll announce them and put them on the website. Um, I've got some uh, zouaves. I've got a couple of those advancing, and it's a, a test of water, really. And if the response is good, um, then then I'm happy to keep expanding it. You know, I will have to do generals um, because because we need them, um, yeah. and uh, and artillery as well. I've got some uh, skirmishers already for the slap chats and kepis. So a generic sort of battalion or regiment um, is is already there. It's already there. I just need to get it in a production mold. I, in my wisdom, assumed that that people would buy battalions and then buy a couple of skirmish strips, um, and uh, and so I had the skirmish strip ready. Um, you know, I had a few in stock, and I, I announced the skirmish strip, and a customer um, immediately bought um, like a over a hundred of these skirmish strips that I just wasn't prepared for. So um, yeah. So uh, yeah, that stopped production. <laughs> that's, that slowed his order down slightly because then I had to. He's like, "Well, um, you weren't ready for that one, so Alan, you need to uh, you need to cook a production mold for that." So that was a learning curve for me. So I I I could announce stuff um, or put it up for pre order or something like that. But I just think um, if you know if you see something you like, you buy it, you need it, you know, yeah, and I want to get it to you. Um, so I don't want to do pre order and let people wait a long time. Um, I may do a Kickstarter, but if I do it, it will be with you know something like uh, the Zulu War or something like that later yeah. down the line, yeah. uh, just to cover the cost maybe. But at the moment now, it's it's all me and it's all financed by me, and then you know get the figures out to get them to onto the website and into onto hopefully onto people's tables. And some people have turned them around at a phenomenal rate. They the stuff's arrived on the on the Wednesday, and they're sending me pictures by the Friday of of completed battalions. Um, and we're talking sort of fifty-man strong battalions as well. So, some 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 people out there are furious paint, painters of, of miniatures, much quicker than I am. Well, that that goes back to the previous comment, really, that when you get figures through the post of quality, then you'll push aside whatever's on your table and and get them straight on onto the painting table and get them done. And certainly. Those of us experienced in painting six mil can rattle through six mil figures in in no time. So um, uh, it's that's another big advantage of this scale that you haven't got to worry about buttons and shoulder straps so much. I mean, there, there are people out there who will paint buttons on a six mil figure, but I'm not one of them. Yeah, but yeah, uh, you know, it, it's each to their own, isn't yeah. it? But, yeah, yeah. Um, so Napoleonics, we've we've got the Hundred Days War, and I know we're talking about future and crystal balls and how well these are received. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, would you be looking at other theatres of the Napoleonic Wars? Definitely. Um, I've got the early Austrian army, so I suppose we could do eighteen oh nine. I've got them helmeted and uh, the grenadiers, um, and they're on metal strips, so they're not far off production with command stands. And now I've got uh, cavalry to match. I've also got. Uh, well, I'm just giving you all the exclusives. You know, I may, may need to hold some of these back, but 
Um, the, <laughs> don't feel the need to spill <laughs> rubbish. <into power. laughs> and it's very tempting. I'm dreading the, well, not dreading, it'd be great to, you know, if you get people in under you or, you know, with questions or when are you releasing this, when are you release that. And it's great to get that. I just hope I'm not, um, you know, too slow. But um, I've got the uh, artillery crews for the and guns for the British and French and the French old guard crew, gun crew figures. They're all, I have those. Um, and I have the Prussian and Austrian. So in the uh, on the sculpting table at the moment is the Austrian, Prussian, and British commanders. Um, so we will be going into sort of 1809. And I know that the, 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 there's people out there who will scream heresy as they listen to this, but there's a lot of the French that in that the Grumbler range that will easily easily fit into earlier periods. Yeah, yeah. Um, Especially the great coat types. Exactly, and, yeah. Uh, the campaign types. Yeah. yeah. So, so um, I think they could be easily, you know, changed over. And I, I got a strip of the Grenadiers, and I tried to paint them all in different sort of Swiss and Italian. Um, and then when you looked at it from a distance, it didn't work because you need them all in the same uniform. Um, yes. So, so I'm, you know, at some point maybe I'll do that and get the strips and paint them in different examples of uniforms. Um, but. You, a, uh, earlier definitely um so i've got the austrians um so i will definitely try and do something a bit earlier um i don't know if i'll go to uh bicorn hats yet um i'm not sure about that um but i will definitely be going to the peninsula yes that has to be well done. you must do have it having started with that sharp uh, sharp's eagle back in the day yeah, then yeah. uh peninsulas are no exactly you know we need peninsula and we need those british uh heavy dragoons with bike horns and and tolerton hats uh, helmets for the light so um it will keep coming it will keep coming the uh the the the, the want list is huge and I, I know some people are a little sort of well why are you doing those periods you you know you need to uh you should have you know continue with the napoleonics but but i like to uh you know, I want to do some stuff I want to do and, and also keep it fresh for the sculptor as well. So, um, so we've, we've ventured into, uh, many conversations, even, even in different scales, um, just, you know, for certain things, but, um, but there's nothing in the pipeline at the moment. It's all six mil and it's, uh, the majority of it is Napoleonic. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we, we've got Zulus, which may go to Kickstarter somewhere down the line. Um, is if there was a if there's one period other than the ones we've mentioned already that you could click your fingers and they appeared within your catalogue, what do you think that would be? Um, oh, that's that is a tricky one. I would um, I would love to do some uh, Romans, yeah, um, and most probably Caesarian Romans, um, yeah. uh, and avoid the early imperial stuff. Um, right. uh, to start off with maybe so maybe Caesarian Romans um, or something really um, something sticking with the black powder theme maybe maybe English Civil War okay um, yeah. it's two periods but is there anything you'd like to see uh, well you've named two <laughs> oh, right. okay <laughs> good stuff <laughs> yeah English Civil War is definitely on my radar and um, I've just finished uh, um, uh, my two armies for uh, Antietam for the American Civil War, but there's always a few more. If the, if the, if a company came along and produced a few more 
different looking figures. I, I could certainly see myself adding to those. Right, great. great. Uh, so um, Waterloo is definitely on the cards, uh, having been inspired by Alex at Storm of Steel. Um, and I've always fancied doing a big Naseby uh, game for the English Civil War. So uh, English Civil War would definitely tickle my particular fancy, I have yeah. to say. So, lots of exciting things to come by the sounds of it. Definitely. I mean, um, there's some of the, the smaller allied regiments that um, uh, we've been talking about for a while. I really want to do uh, the Brunswicks um, yes. for, for for the allied army. So um, that's potentially... Uh, that's that's uh, still at the forefront of the conversation. Waterloo could keep you busy for some time, couldn't it? I'm sure it could do. Yeah, <laughs> or, the, or the hundred days or such. Yeah, thing. definitely. And then you know, After we haven't Ligny. we haven't even got to uh, sort of uh, uh, teams, uh, you know, sort of um, artillery teams and and things like that. You know, sort of uh, caissons and and all that sort of stuff. Um, uh, somewhere there's got to be Napoleon's carriage as well. Um, yes. for, uh, for Sharp and his mates to ransack. <laughs> <laughs> I like the sound of that. Yeah. Um, so once shows are back on the scene, are you intending to get out there and, and press the flesh as it were? Yeah, definitely. I will um, happily walk around uh, uh, salute um, with, uh, with a Grumbler t-shirt on and a, a comedy moustache. I may even grow it for the event. Um uh, but, I need a picture of that. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, or maybe not. Um, but um, but yeah. So I will be. Um, I'll, I'll definitely walk around um, and happy for people to come and have a chat. I've I spoke to Peter about Joy of Six. I'd love to go to that. Um, sadly, obviously, that's cancelled because of uh, the dreaded COVID um, conversation. But um, I will definitely, I'll definitely be going along to Joy of Six if there's space for me. Um, and then the other shows, really, it's, um, you know, the more the merrier. I need to get out there and, and show people the products and let them let them decide. Um, so shows are definitely on the agenda. Selwig, I believe they're moving that to Tottenham area, um, right. away from Crystal Palace. So, um, you know, once I've got, uh, I mean, that would be something else to look at then, how I display the miniatures and display cabinets and how I stock them, because I do give a lot of options on the website. Um, 24 32 48 individual strips um and uh so i'd have to work out how i do that without people queue, you know hopefully queuing up to buy to buy grumbler miniatures yeah i think you'll be needing to take a week off uh work to get everything cast up by the sound of it yeah, yeah. ready for uh, ready for one of these shows but i'll certainly be trying to get down to salute uh, salute yeah it's november isn't it now? yeah yeah um yeah so if you're there we'll uh, we'll meet up and have a coffee and perhaps have an, another chat for the podcast. Yeah, so. yeah, that'd be great. That'd be really good. I'd, I mean, I don't know about getting a stand, but I'll happily uh, walk around with some samples in a bag. Yeah. Uh, and if any, anyone trips me over or, um, or is willing to listen to me talk, they can, they, they can have some, uh, some freebies. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds, uh, sounds a great idea. And, uh, I, I take my hat off, uh, to Alan because, um, the range that you've built up so far is is looking absolutely splendid, as good as anything out there. And I'll, as soon as we finish this conversation, actually, I'm going to be placing an order. I've made a decision. <laughs> so uh, you. If, if you want to throw in a, a, a little sample as well of, of whatever it is you want to yeah, throw yeah. in to tempt me somewhere else, then right. you feel free to do that. No, of course, of course. Uh, as I said, I do it for every order 
I, yeah. you know, bar bar one or two, I think I'd, I've I've always tried to pop something in there um, just to yeah. show them other stuff as well. So and and I will hopefully continue to to do that. Well, I think I think that's an absolutely wonderful idea. Um, Alan, thanks very much for um, giving us a peek behind the curtain of Grumbler Miniatures. Um, as I say, it's, I'm, I'm absolutely ecstatic that there's a, a new 6mm kit on the block um, and the products are looking wonderful and I'll, I'll be posting a link up onto the show notes. Um, before you go, there's two things I ask of any uh, guest on the show. Mm. The first of which is relatively easy, and that is that you promised to come back onto the show at some point it, in the future. Happily, if you'll have me. I, I absolutely will have you, and no doubt be shoving a microphone under your nose at Salute. Yeah, that'd be uh, great. I managed to find you, although it sounds like I won't have trouble finding you if you've got a big moustache on. Yeah, I'm not, sh- I'm not sure about walking around with a bear skin on, but, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, definitely. If you're there, then um, we, can, we can have a catch-up. That'd be great. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and the second one is that I ask all guests to deposit a book or two books onto the shelves of the God's Own Scale Virtual Library. Mm-hmm. I keep meaning to um, catalogue all of the books that I've got in there at the moment, which I haven't done. But listeners, I promise that in the next couple of weeks, I will do that and uh, put up Amazon links where possible to each of those. But have you got anything for us, Alan? Oh, I, I really thought about this, and I've, I've read some, you know, cracking historical books um, about regiments, the rifles, um, Storming Eagles, which is about Forsham Jager, um, and all those. But as a child, my favourite book, um, and you, you know, I've got a better one than this. But I, 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 I just walked around with this Ladybird, uh, the Little Bighorn book, and I absolutely love that book. Um, and I lost it, and I picked one up off eBay. And sat there oh, reading really? through it. Yeah, yeah, you can still get them. It was. Uh, the... I had that. I had that as a kid. Did you? Did you... Yeah, yeah, a fantastic book. And I'm sure, actually, uh, Peter Riley, who's one of the earliest guests on the show, he uh, he won the best participation game at Salute a couple of years ago with a little bighorn game. I'm sure he mentioned that Ladybird book as well. So. Uh, now you've reminded me, I must get onto eBay and see if I can find it. Yeah, I think I, I paid the princely sum of about £5 with postage, and it was wow. worth every penny. So nostalgic. Yeah. So, um, But for me, I'm going to stick with a, 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 a ripping yarn, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to um, trouble you with Sharp's Eagle. Um, oh, yes. Good man. Good uh, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not the fantastic historical, but it's a it's a really good story, and it, it explains formation and and the you know some desperate struggles and the, and uh, and sharp lives to tell the tale. So uh, I'm going to hopefully offer that towards you. That that is that will sit on the shelves uh, and take pride of place. It's it's also got a couple of uh, dastardly characters in it. Oh yeah, it? The yeah. Sharp foils. Yeah, definitely. Uh, ra- rather gruesomely, actually, for a couple of. Them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Uh, yeah. and for people who've watched the show and haven't read the books on the show, they're they're like almost like the eighteen. Um, yes. But uh, the books are, are definitely a lot gorier. Um, but uh, yeah, for me, it, it just it's the thing that just triggered. Well, you know, this is uh, this. You know, Napoleonics is the way, the place to be. So, um, for me, I'd like to put that forward. Yeah, and as I, I mentioned earlier, I'm I'm going to be on to the next one hopefully very soon because um, 
I've downloaded it actually onto the Kindle. That's that's what it is. So uh, I will be uh, I will be uh, dive, uh, getting through that series as quickly as possible. And of course, uh, the the TV show. I think you're right that I mentioned this in the last podcast actually. That Sharps Waterloo perhaps uh, wasn't up to scratch, but uh, there's certainly one or two of the episodes that stood out and. Um, I'll give a, a mention here to Nigel Betts, who've, who uh, we follow each other on Twitter, who played Pycroft in. Oh right, uh, I think it was. I think it was Sharp's Mission. Yeah, uh, which is one of my more favourite yeah. um, episodes. That's he's the guy with the the mask. He's got the scarred face. That's right. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's some uh, some fantastic actors in mm. that, including Nigel. So. Yeah, good job. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, uh, Alan. Uh, thanks once again for giving up your time. I'm so glad we got it together. As you as you said earlier on, we were we were passing ships, weren't we, with uh, work and COVID and all the rest of it. Yeah. So. No, listen, I, re- I really appreciate the opportunity to be on here and and talk about the business and um and hopefully it's um it's uh, helped people through their painting whilst they were uh, getting some yeah. some of their lead pile done. But um. Absolute pleasure to speak to you. Painting Grumble a minute? Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But um, yeah, it's been an absolute pleasure to be on here. So thank you very much for the opportunity. No worries, Alan. And hopefully we'll catch up soon. Thank you. Welcome back to the God's Own Scale Studio. I hope you enjoyed my chat with Alan. You'll find a link to Grumbler Miniatures in the show notes. Please do go along and support him in his new venture. In my own hobby news, it's fitting that I've been editing this as a package arrived from Alan with the first figures for what I'm hoping will be my 100 days project. None of this is sponsored by Grumbler. I'm just a paying customer like everybody else. But if Alan makes the figures, this will be as close as possible to a 100% Grumbler project, realistically rolling over into next year as Alan gets his figures released. I'm very excited. I've not painted uh, a large Napoleonic project for some time. I do have an 1809 Austrian army to use with Blücher uh, with my mate Aid. Uh, to play against his French, but this will be a solo project and hopefully will be, um, uh, will feature all of the four battles of the 100 Days campaign. So lots of Prussians. Uh, my other big project is my long awaited blending game. I'm currently scribbling out orders in £50 chunks to pass Peter's way at Bacchus. Using the orders, orders of battle from Twilight of the Sun King from Nick Dorrell. I'm very excited for this one as it's been on my to-do list for a few years. In fact, since the formation of the original God's Own Scale blog, in fact. Uh, the current blog I've got, which is sadly um, underused, is in fact God's Own Scale 2. Uh, the original one uh, being lost now uh, to the ether, unfortunately. 
But uh, yes, Blenheim is on the cards, and that one could uh, stands a good chance of getting finished this year. Obviously, all the figures are already available. Uh, it's just down to painting time. Uh, I've been working out what I need and what types of figures I, I need, so I'm very excited for that. I call these big projects because I like to have a few smaller projects running alongside them. Uh, the AWI and the Anglo-Zulu War I've mentioned before are, are two cases in point. I'm slowly working through the Continental Army for Guildford Courthouse using Glenn Pierce's rules, Rudiger, and hopefully Glenn will be a future guest on the show. The Anglo-Zulu War will use either the men who would be king or my own rules using Peter Riley's book on how to write, write your own rules. And again, links will be in the show notes uh, to that. Unfortunately, my song game keeps getting pushed back because it is intended to show this at the Joe Six uh, when it resumes, hopefully, in July 2022. Uh, so work will likely not start until after Christmas on this one. But talking of Joy 6, I'm hoping to have some exciting news about what's happening this year very soon. So keep your eyes open across all the social medias for that. One other small project is for some early World War II action in 6mm. I've just purchased the lovely Defensive Calais supplement from Two Fat Lardies for I Ain't Been Shot Mom, as well as the latest chain of Command Pint Size Campaign. Uh, titled Capturing Caesar's Camp uh, with the 51st Highlanders in and around Dunkirk. This will be a quick and dirty project. I have no idea what that means, uh, but I'll be using mostly irregular miniatures for it and more news on that as and when the figures arrive, which uh, the order should be gaining fairly soon, actually. Uh, so lots going on uh, in my hobby life my club, the Stoke War Games Group, is looking to reopen on the 2nd of July, so face-to-face -face gaming will once again resume. I am intending to be at Hammerhead at the Newark show, Showground on the 31st of July, all being well, and hopefully sporting the first of uh, the God's Own Scale merchandise shirts, polo shirts, and again, more on that later, should anybody want to... Uh, increase their own sartorial elegance by wearing a, a God's Own Scale branded shirt. If you do see me at the show wearing that shirt please, and want to chat, please stop me and say hello, and I'll be glad to have a chat about all things six. As ever, if uh, you like the show and feel like supporting it, please visit my Patreon site at patreon.com forward slash God's Own Scale. I'm still investigating uh, the idea of having some show sponsorship uh, from companies within the industry. If you are a business owner within the hobby and would like to sponsor the show, please feel free to get in touch by email at godsownscale at gmail.com. Okay, that's enough from me. Thanks for listening. Lots more shows have been lined up over the coming weeks and months. So please keep listening and your support is greatly appreciated. But until next time, keep safe, play nice, and keep talking about sex. Brother Bertie went away to do his bit the other day. 
with the smile on his lips and his left ten and fifth upon his shoulder, bright and gay. As the train moved out, he said, Remember me to all the birds. Then he wagged his paw and went away to war, shouting out these pathetic words. Goodbye, goodbye. Oh, I'm a dear baby, dear from your eye. Though it's hard to pass, I know, I know. I'll be sick of the death, you know. Don't cry, don't cry. There's a silver lining in the sky. Oh, 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 sincerely, oh, chin, chin, na, boo, to glue, goodbye. At the concert, down at the some convalescents dressed in blue. Had to hear Lady Lee, who had turned 83, sing all the old, old songs she knew. Then she made a speech and said, I look upon you boys with pride. And for what you've done, I'm going to kiss each one. Then they all grabbed their sticks and cried. Goodbye, goodbye. Oh, and the dear baby, dear from your eyes. Though it's hard to part, I know, I know. I'll be because I get to go. Don't cry, don't cry. There's a silver lining in the sky. Called it pink dog for fun and Paddy punched him on the door. Right across the barbed wire fence, the German dropped then dear, oh dear. All the wire gave away and Paddy yelled, hooray, as he ran for the Dutch frontier. Goodbye, goodbye, oh I said, dear baby, dear from your eyes. Though it's hard to pass, I know, I know, I'll be Nicholas, let's go, don't cry, don't cry, there's a silver lining in the sky, on far all things here, oh, chin, 